We show great character today. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Great Character Podcast, episode three, with me, Harry, my and my co-hosts, Matt, Matt, and Nathan. You're right. So this is the third instalment of our podcast, and we're talking about five topics today that a bit of a different twist. So our, we're trying different things every week with our podcast. Uh, so I'm just going to run through some of the things we're talking about today. Uh, we're firstly going to talk about the Liverpool United review. What a bore fest in the end. I mean, if you look back at our last podcast, all three of us were completely wrong with what we, we really mugged ourselves off, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, second one, which is very recent, the last couple of days, is it's about the Olympics in Tokyo this year. Will it go ahead? Um, there's a couple of articles we're going to discuss there. We're also introducing a quiz this week. Will be the third thing we talk about today. Uh, we'll do the quiz questions in the middle and then we'll give the answers at the end. So if you want to just do the quiz and skip to the quiz and then skip to the answers at the end, you're more than welcome if you don't want to hear us talk for the most of the rest of it. Um, we're then talking about Aston Villa and the COVID treatment compared to other clubs. And finally, we're ending off, especially for Nathan, a little bit of talk from Chelsea and the sacking possibilities of the rest of the Premier League managers. So lads... We're starting off with Liverpool versus United. As everybody can see, the little shrine behind me, I'm a big Liverpool fan, as I've discussed in every episode so far. What did you think of the game? I thought it was for nil-nil. It was it was okay, but like you get it's just every big game this season. I think I kind of besides like the Chelsea one with Arsenal, most of them have just been nil-nil. They haven't really lived up to the hype. Um, I think Liverpool beat Chelsea. Well, the ones I've been being. I'm trying to think, uh, the Tottenham and Liverpool one. Oh, yeah, just when Chelsea play a big team, we get beaten. We beat, <laughs> but, we beat Chelsea, so. Yeah. Uh, but it was an all right nil-nil. Like, uh, chances for either team. I think Alisson was definitely the man of the match. Definitely <laughs> saved you. And Bobby Firmino was, just can't finish to save his life, really. That, w- that was a weird one because Alisson, we all know, in my opinion, top three keepers in the world, if not the best. But people can dispute that. People say Neuer after last season. I'd say fair enough to Stegen. Or Black's obviously up there. But Alisson is definitely up there, and there's a reason he's won the goalkeeping accolades he has won yeah. recently. Pogba should have scored that big chance, but Alisson did very well. But it was a very weird game. It showed both, in my opinion, it showed both teams' problems at the moment. For United, it showed their lack of bravery to come to Anfield with no starting centre backs. And especially after the first half an hour, where Liverpool didn't break they played very very well Liverpool in the first half an hour but they didn't really create chances proper proper chances which has been our problems recently and United didn't take advantage they didn't really go for Liverpool's or go for the jugular which if you're fighting for the title you can't play like they did on that day in my opinion yes they played well second half well a lot better second half but I think overall they weren't great um but yeah, so, and then with Liverpool, it showed that we just can't score at the moment and we've lost our attacking flow. We get round the box. Every team is defending in banks of four uh, and we're struggling to break through that. Even with Thiago and Shakiri, there were a couple of moments. Thiago in the first half an hour was brilliant, but he's not played enough football to, to keep those level levels up for the whole match. And I just think when we tired... It didn't look like we were going to score. I don't think for the whole 90 minutes it really looked like we were going to score. Every time a ball came to a player's feet, it just seemed they didn't know what to do. There were a lot of static players around and nobody really wanted to just hit one until Thiago hit one near the end and they nearly went top bins. But for me, did. Yeah, what you said. 
Firmino tried a couple, but it's yeah, probably... Firmino never looked confident in front of goal. I mean, all three of his chances, just one of them where he was right in front of the goal, he should have put his foot through it, and he looked, he passed it straight to De Gea's feet. It was just same with Salah. There was one where Firmino actually did work well on the right hand side, gave it to Salah. There were a couple of bodies around it, but if he hit it first time, he could have scored or at least got it on target and then waited a few times. Three or four United defenders were there, chance gone. And I think that's the problem. We're not. The instinct's not there. The spark isn't there that we've seen from Liverpool the last three seasons. That needs to come back. It will come back. I'm confident it will come back at some point. Obviously, this is the first time in 15, 16 years that Liverpool have not scored for three games in a, prem- in a row in the Premier League. Not a great statistic, but at the end of the day, as a Liverpool fan, I've got to think we're still well, fourth now. And if Everton win their game time, Aston Villa, they go above us. But it's so tight that as long as we can stay in that pack while we're going through this awful patch, we're going for an awful patch. If we come out of it, win against Burnley, win against Spurs, who knows? Back in the mix, Liverpool, it will like that spell never happened. So I think that game showed both sides' weaknesses. Didn't really do either of his favours. Probably a better result for United in the end, but it didn't really show that their ability to go and win the league. And that I think City are the ones that we've got. To, everybody's got to look out for now after after their victory against Palace. So I just think the game was a bit of a meh. I think our predictions were a bit off. Liverpool have show, Liverpool United conviction in recent years have showed that they can do ball draw nil nils. And it was weird because a lot of people said it didn't seem like a board draw, but then you recollect what happened and not much happened until United's two big chances, really, if you think about it. So it was a weird one, in my opinion. It's just weird that, like, there's, when you're watching the game, it just seemed like there was no chemistry between the front three. Like, I don't know what was going I don't know what's going on between them, but the fact that you're going, you, you're going through this bad patch and you're still second or wherever you are, it's not really the end of the world. Where yeah, you are? We're fourth, but... Firmino oh, seemed okay. out of touch with all three of them. And I've seen a lot of lot of people say Thiago's slowing us down. I don't even think it's that, because if anything, Thiago little bursts of brilliance to get round a few players that nobody else showed that drive in the game, in my opinion, really. Nobody took anyone on. Shaw was unreal. Salah couldn't <laughs> do it. Even when Salah and Mane swapped side and Mane went to that side, it was like Mane lost all his threat. I've never seen Shaw play so well in my life. So I think... Tiago was the only one that really showed the pace and the drive. Tim and Shakiri, Shakiri is yeah, surprisingly good as well. But they both tired out because they don't play enough football at the moment, and they will. But I think I don't know what's going on really with the front front three. It's hard to pinpoint the exact problem. But if you think back to when we played Crystal Palace, we didn't play that well. But every time we got a chance, or it fell to our feet, it fell perfectly, and we put one away. Feels like right now it's falling and it's cannoning off the knee. It's cannoning off the foot. Nothing's dropping and the luck is not there at all, which it has been for the last few years. And yes, we're a brilliant team, but you do need luck a bit. I'm not saying our performances were luck the last few years, but you do need an element to get it to drop to you. And obviously the skill's got to be there too. And it's just, it's not happening at the moment, but it will happen eventually. I feel like eventually, might not be this week, might not be that week, but Liverpool will slap a team again. All the goals will come at once, in my opinion. Hope against Spurs. Could be. I hope so. I hope it's against Burnley. I hope we make a statement on Thursday. Uh, I think that's an important game as well. Don't think we can. We can. We can't drop points against Burnley. That would be quite bad because then you've got to go to Spurs. We've got some massive games coming up. Uh, I don't know. It is. It's. It looks like City have got their act together as well. 
But what did Liverpool, you think? Liverpool and United Fair. will be there, obviously. Uh, but that game wasn't didn't live up to the hype, did it, Matt? It did not, no. It was, yeah, it, it was just, I thought, I did see a tweet actually that said we should do all the pre-match build-up, we should do the Neville Carragher banter, we should do the combined 11s, and then we should jump straight to full-time because the games themselves are never particularly brilliant, are they? they, they sit, you're right, they certainly don't live up to the billing, that's for sure. Uh, but I just think everything about the game was, muted wasn't it obviously it was the first Liverpool Man United with no fans just I think it sort of befit the game befitted where it was being played it just didn't feel quite the, the true intensity of a Liverpool Man United game and I think I think the lack of fans is starting to rub I think what you were saying about yeah. Liverpool scored now for three games in a row um, I mean I don't know do, do you know the Last time we did that, we went on to win the Champions League in the same season. Um, but I just think it, <laughs> there's so many factors that are coming into it. And Liverpool, obviously, they thrive off that bouncing full stadium. We haven't had that. We saw the dip in form after the break, after the COVID enforced break in March. And I just think it's it's not proper football. It's not being played how football should be played and I think it's rubbing off on everyone and I think, I think people are tired of it and quite, I think the carry on I, I think the fans real proper match going fans back as soon as we can because that's starting to show the lack of them I think in the big games it does show the different like how much fans mean because they, the big teams they don't really have a difference in quality so the fans kind of do give you a bit of a push especially for Liverpool yeah, and United Man City, <laughs> but uh, Chelsea and Tottenham. Um, I think Arsenal, but... I want to talk about Manchester United here for a bit because obviously we've talked about Liverpool in this fixture and and they're showing some real problems. And I said about Man United, but I've been somebody that's praised Man United in recent weeks. I think in the last podcast, I've I've given them a bit of you know, I've, I've shown them some respect and. And they yeah, let me down. Going, oh, I'm really nervous about Liverpool. I'm really nervous we're going to yeah. lose. And, and that was nerves about Liverpool, but it was also, I was worried about the fact that Manchester United had been playing so well. And now I've watched them. I don't actually think there's any chance of them winning the league. And it there wasn't really any tactic, was there? But I think there was before. But if you go to Anfield, I want to ask, and Man United fans might get mad at me if they watch this, I want to ask, is there much difference from that performance from Manchester United against Liverpool on Sunday to Mourinho a few years back bringing Manchester United to Liverpool. Was there much difference? I don't think there was in the fact that there was they're sitting behind the ball and waiting for the counter-attack with their pacey players up front. Yes, they've got better quality players now. They do. And, and they did grow into the game second half, but and people said they played a lot better. They did the last 10, 15 minutes, but they never really controlled the game. They never really... They still stuck to the sitting back and and using Rashford, Fernandez barely did anything. So I don't think it showed for them, that from their point of view, that they are real, real, real title contenders. I think I they good. are title contenders, but you can't, like Mika Richards said at the halftime break, you can't win a league playing like that. You can't come to Anfield playing like that. You would never see the champions of recent years, Liverpool, City, Leicester, 
uh, United of Olds, Chelsea would never turn up to Liverpool like or a big game away and turn up and shut up shop early or like and sit back. None of well, the big more, champions of recent years. They don't have more quality in attack because, uh, well, Mourinho, they sat back quite a bit for Chelsea, but whenever they got an attack, half the time they just hoofed it long. There weren't any like patterns or anything. They just did just kick it over the top and hope. They did. There, so I do think. I think there I was saw, some. Mm, there was one bit at the end of the game where I think it was the big Fernandez chance, 15 minutes to go or something, straight at Allison. That build up was oh. good. I've watched that video. The build up to that that chance was very good, and that showed the potential they have. But if you've got players like Rashford, Martial, Pogba, Fernandez, you should be going to Anfield with that attack and going for it. That might have helped Liverpool. And the problem is, people see us as champions. Is Liverpool? We're going to go there. We don't want to concede. That is seems to be what everybody's thinking right now. That they're they're, they're they're playing like that. City wouldn't come to Anfield like that though. I can guarantee when City play Liverpool in a few weeks' time or months' time, whenever it is, I don't think it's that long away, to be honest. It's a, couple month, a month or something, a couple of months. City won't come into Anfield like that. They'll push us. They'll press us high up and they'll go for the goals. United didn't do that. And that's why I think it showed that was a big weakness and I don't, can't see them. If they want to play like that and you, they've, you've seen their results against big teams, they haven't beaten a big team yet. Well, they're, going into games they're not going to win the lose. title playing like that. Yeah, they're going to game big games, trying not to lose rather than trying going to win. The win. And I'd rather yeah. much, I'd much rather watch my own team go and fight somebody. I, I hate us losing, but I, I love the way Liverpool. Uh, I love Klopp and the way Liverpool approach big games, or or every game. I think recently they haven't maybe shown the smaller teams a respect they should have which they have in recent seasons, which is why we're struggling against the smaller teams, especially away from home. But because um, of the burden of champions, they think they can go one or one or two up and they'll definitely win the game. But I think they need to they stay focused. But anyway, going back away from that, I think Manchester United don't do that. Um, they don't go to the big games wanting to win. Well, they do, but their plan is to, to not lose and then hope they win. Mm. That is the difference, in my opinion. To the Guardiola's teams, the Klops, the Ferguson's teams. Mourinho, yes, he did win a few titles like that, but I don't think it was to the extent it is now, the way he plays now. I don't think Chelsea played exactly like that 10, no, they didn't. 15 so. years ago now. Jesus. Or even when he was round the second time, they didn't play like that. Yeah, so I think they're definitely more attacking. And I said that when Tottenham came to Anfield a few weeks ago. You can't win the league. Come into Anfield and shine up shop and hoping for encounter. Yes, Son scored. You can't come come to Anfield hoping that's what it felt like yeah, Mourinho kind of does like if he didn't have Kane and so on it'd be a lot, exposed a lot more the yeah. uh, the problems they have yeah definitely I think. I, I think Mourinho but he's a winner and he'll probably win yeah. he, I reckon he could well win the League Cup for Tottenham which is huge for them I really don't want um, that to happen <laughs> no, I really don't want that to happen but um no, but he, he will win trophies. And I don't think anybody's disputing he's a good manager, but I don't think his style will win leagues anymore. Because unless mm. he's got... No, unless he's got the perfect team, which he built yeah. in previous years at certain clubs like Inter, where he's more like the way he plays now. But he, do, he doesn't have that quality of players, especially at the back, to be able he to do He could potentially that. do it with Tottenham if he does get some good... like. Do proper... you really think Tottenham can win the league under Mourinho? Yeah, if they sign some, like 
I don't think Actually, so. But I think they could. I don't think... Maybe I'm wrong and they might... Or change the mentality or something a bit. I think Kane will eventually leave. I truly believe that. Sorry. I think Kane will leave, I just, yeah. I just don't know where you would go. Yeah. Well, there's rumours about City. That's probably unlikely. He might not leave this season, but there's going to come to a point if he's not winning. Yeah. Season, he, he, he has so much potential to win so many trophies. And yes, he, he's already... If anything, he's already a club legend at Spurs. But I think... I don't know. Mourinho's third season hoodoo, next season, what's going to happen? So, But who knows, he might end up doing some bits this season. But I think yeah. next, what I want to move on to is some big breaking news in the last couple yeah. of hours about the Olympics. As my dad showed me, my mum spoke about it, obviously. Um, I've got a lot of swimmers I know that are hoping to go to Tokyo. And the fear is now, according to the chief executive or the executive uh, of the London Olympics in 2012, he believes that the Tokyo Olympics are unlikely to go ahead in 2021. Now, he believes this because of coronavirus cases. The reason this is confusing is the day before, the Japanese prime minister told government that the, uh, the Tokyo Olympics will go ahead and it will be a victory against coronavirus. Two very contrasting stories. What do you think will happen? Um, out of the two stories, which do you believe more? The London, um, what was it? The London, who was it? Executive of London 2012 Olympics. Yeah, I feel like he is probably a bit more believable. Japan, like they do need to get this uh, Olympics to go ahead for for their sake, I believe. But yeah, I do believe the London exhibit a bit more. So you think it'll be cancelled? I think it's like if it carries on, like just how how many countries, loads of countries go to the Olympics and so many people go as well, would just be... It'd be too dangerous, I think. Do you not do it without fans, though, and with the amount of testing no, yeah, no, yeah. and vaccines we have now? Is there no yeah, way of get, getting it to go ahead? Well, I think there's probably a chance, yeah. It depends. Just, we have to see how well we're doing Cause by all... May, probably. When's it? Yeah, May, probably. It, it, no, the Olympics is in July, August. Yeah, no, I'm saying, no, we have to see how coronavirus virus is doing oh, by yeah. May. I, I think I've got confidence. Maybe I'm wrong. I've, I've, I've got a bit more confidence that vaccines and everything... Yes, yeah. they're ahead of the curve vaccine wise in the vaccine wise in the UK. But most countries um have got uh a lot of professional athletes are still training. Every a lot of professionals are still allowed to train in Britain. A lot of people are allowed to train. I had an interview this last week with uh, Matt Richards, a swimmer hoping to go to Tokyo 2021 and he's training uh, for Bath uh for Bath uh, uni or the main centre, the national centre in Bath in England. Um, he's training for the Olympics. They're still allowed to go ahead. And I think if these athletes can go, yes, Japan want fans there for revenue. And maybe only fans from certain countries or even Japan can go, which it's normally like that anyway. You don't always get, you get worldwide fans, but in London, a lot of the people were British. I, when I went, I noticed a lot of the people were British. You get people flying over, but it's a lot more common for the locals to be there anyway fans that's the i think fans is the problem i think it could go ahead without fans but J japan need the revenue uh or tokyo need yeah. the revenue for how much they invested into the olympics they need the fans they need the money i think that's where it's a problem because by july and august can fans 
can people move out all these countries? You've got Australia and New Zealand and these countries doing incredibly well because of coronavirus, but that's because they've completely shut off even borders within their own country, let alone leaving their own country. So I think that is a problem. But I think the athletes will be allowed to leave, but it's whether the fans can go. I think it will hinge on that. In my, That's what I think. I would agree, yeah. I think, it's, uh, I think it's fair to say that as much as we vaccines are coming, it's such a colossal task. And it's, it's not just, I mean, if it was a domestic thing, you know, if we were talking about just the UK, I think we might be thinking, oh, fans might be able to come, it might be able to go ahead. But it's because it's a worldwide thing. Can you vaccinate the world in that amount of time? Of course you can't. So, yes, I think it might, unfortunately, end up having to be a bit of a, Athletes fly in and they bubble, they quarantine, they isolate, they do whatever they have to do. And ultimately, we have a bit of a muted thing. And Japan, as much as we were saying Japan needs the revenue, obviously, yes, it doesn't want to make a massive loss on it. But Japan's a rich country. It's an industrialised country. It's probably, I'm going to take a stab in the dark, but say it's, it's certainly on a level with the UK in terms of how developed it is and how rich it is. We're not talking about, you know, a... Um, a less economically developed country here, uh, where, for example, Brazil, you know, where that's still developed. And we're, we're talking about a very, very rich country that can ride it out. And I think they will be keen to get it on because they don't want to, obviously, they don't want to cancel it because it's their big shot. You know, it's, it's their country on the world stage and that's what they're very keen to do. But if they can ride it out and they can save face, then I think they will. They could potentially get maybe some Japanese... Uh, like yeah. fans in for, I think, yeah. I think see how it goes I think it will probably go ahead actually from what you heard said no, <laughs> changed think, my mind already <laughs> I think local fans um, where I think there is a chance local fans can go socially distanced because I think that there's enough procedures that they can put in place especially by July and August obviously it takes a lot of planning but that's another six months ahead think of how far we've come in 10 months from not knowing the virus at all or not 10 months for Japan because in Asia, it was a lot, a bit, a couple months sooner, maybe. Yeah. But okay, a year. Think of how far we've come in that one year to get to where we are now. Yes, we've got a lot of cases, we've got a lot of problems, but we understand the virus a bit more. Yes, there's new variants, but they're going to come, and we've got vaccines now. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of testing. So I think they should be able to go ahead with the Olympics. Fans, hopefully Japanese local fans will be able to come. And who knows about fans from certain other countries? Who knows? With travel corridors being opened, um, it's a worrying one. But I think it'd be nice for the for the, for the Olympics to go ahead because we are kind of used to watching sporting events without fans now or, or empty. So it yeah. wouldn't be that weird. Uh, I, it, I think if we told ourselves this every year and a half ago, yeah, we'd be like, what? No fans? Olympics? What? Uh, and it would be hard for the Olympians. It's their first time going to Olympics and there's no fans. But I think, like you said it another episode, Matt, it's it, it's the time we live in and we've got to get used to it. And I think that will, the list Olympics will represent this, these couple of years that we're going to go through a lot of problems. And then in 2024, or if it's moved to 2025 in Paris, we're going to have a whale of a time at the Olympics. It's going to be massive. It'll be the comeback and it'll be like that for a lot of sports. A lot of different events, and I think that'll be that'll be class. Um, yeah, I do think if it is their first time, like obviously fans are a big thing. Like for Olympians, it won't be that big a deal. They'll just be happy to be there, won't they? Like I athletes think... have worked so hard for this just to get it taken away. I 
it would be a shame for it to be oh, postponed think, or taken away. I think the athletes would rather, definitely rather have yeah. the Olympics with no fans than have it cancelled completely. I, I'll hopefully be able to talk to a few of my friends that are going to the Olympics and, and we can ask their opinions and maybe bring them on the podcast in the future. But I think that, yes, but there's also the element of uh, gutting the fact there's no fans there. It would be gutting. It's like, imagine, that's like people's Champions League finals and stuff or debuts and there's no fans there. It's great and it's a, a memorable moment, but the first time they do it with fans there will be even better. So if they get to go to the next Olympics after that, it'll be even better. Um, so I, I think, I believe... Do you think it would decrease the quality though? Without um, fans, like obviously with football, uh, do you think it would decrease, like with football, is quite a, fans are quite a, um, important in how players play and get motivated, but with uh, swimming and stuff like that you don't really hear the crowd when you are uh, racing do you you'd be surprised in swimming you do um number yeah, one okay. leading up to the blocks you got your family oh, yeah, there yeah. that gets you i mean like during the race no, but even during the race me. when you breathe say you're swimming you breathe the left hand your ear is out of the water you can hear the yeah, okay. doesn't you can't hear them specifically but if you're a big event i think the biggest one i've been to where it's like that is um i've been i've swam in berlin i've uh i've swam at a nationals before um and the, I, but funny enough the one that's not on anywhere near the scale but where you knew it was kind of backing you was something called the national arena league and swimming people will know that if the swimmers are watching this that was fan orientated there was even an award for fans making the most noise and that was one of the noisiest competitions i've ever swam at right. um and that was crazy so, so many of the swimmers I've swam with will know have gone much higher and much further than me. So they would have been in arenas that are much better and have much more fan noise. And we can even speak to them about it. But you do hear, swimmers do hear noise. I think certain ones like archery or, yeah, or other ones where you, have to be, like, or where you have to be silent yeah. is different. Because or it, this isn't, I don't know if, don't think this, this isn't in the Olympics, snooker. But the reason it hasn't really affected snooker is people have to be silent anyway. So it's like yeah. normal, like tennis. Really. When you're actually like, obviously maybe like during the shots, you're not. Yeah, silent. so it will affect some sports, but it won't affect others. The yeah. sooner we can get fans back, it'll be better for all sports and everybody. That I think that we all agree on that. Hopefully, um, but I think the Olympics is going to go ahead, but it's going to be different. I think there's truth to both of these articles. I think there is worry from the commi Olympic committee but there is definitely a real drive to get it done. And I think in the way the Japanese prime minister is right, it would be a victory for the world against coronavirus. If we got these games ahead, especially with fans, imagine how amazing that would be. There's going to be a point where we get a victory against this horrid virus and we're going to, we're going to have a great time. And this could be the start. It's not going to just go like that. We all know that. And we've all gone through that over the last year, but I think he is right in saying it would be a victory. What do you think this means to the Euros? Do you think, listening to uh, the uh, London executive, do you think the Euros will go ahead or not? Um, I think, so the regional plan is them to go different, the main con mm. like country uh, cities. It just had to be this year, didn't it? I think they need to maybe just, concentrate it on one place because you can't have all these countries traveling all the way around but we do that in football anyway if you think about it with the champions league country, people coming from all over the place so if we can work with the champions league it can work with the euros so i think it will, it will go ahead 
It's just whether they limit the amount of countries or the amount of cities yeah. or stadiums they use. I think that would be important. Keep people. I heard somewhere levels. Russia. They were thinking of hosting it all in Russia again. I don't know if that's going to happen again. Uh, oh, they were coming together to decide a place because I think they're only going to do it in one place if it does go ahead. Would, well, that makes sense. I would be gutted um, if it wasn't any hosted in England. Obviously, we might not have fans then. But most likely, won't have fans at all. I mean, the 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 chief executive or the main guy in the Premier League said he's hope they're not even thinking about fans for the season really anymore. If they do, it's a bonus. But that is all for 2021-22 now. They want fans then. But so I, I highly doubt we'll see many fans, if any fans, in the Euros. But I think they will go ahead. I think they, yeah, I think that's I think they, they now. should go ahead. Okay, I mean, go if we've done football on a global scale for this long. How could you not get the Euros to be And I think it'd be a bit weird if they cancelled that but carried on all the leagues. Yeah. But yeah. And they're so, like, international football, they're so committed. Like, they're, they're even committed to get friendlies to go ahead. So I think they'll work <laughs> as are... they can to go ahead. Like, even more friendlies than usual for now. <laughs> yeah, it, it was weird. The friendlies caused a lot of coronavirus cases and they kept all these yeah. qualifying things going on. I think the only ones they should have done at that point was when Scotland, the little main qualifiers that yeah. were in the Euros, they should have done those, but they shouldn't have done any of the other games that meant nothing. I felt yeah, there was definitely more friendlies than usual during the pandemic for some reason. It, it felt like that for sure. Um, <laughs> the international break's coming back in a month or so. That won't be fun, but Ooh. I think they should get rid of internationals for now yeah. as, during the season because and focus on getting people to the Euros and getting through this period. Uh, and that because the league has to finish three weeks before the Euros, and we're going to talk about that a bit later uh, with the Aston Villa thing. But um, yeah, I think they got to try and get these things ahead because, like we spoke about in the last episode, people's mental health, sport is so important for it, and, and getting these things going ahead would be great. And if it's safely, which it should be safely, they, they well, I can't see why these things can't go ahead. I think there's, like I said, there's truth in both articles. I think both points of view are valid, that it's unlikely it could go ahead. The, the guy's saying, how can you with all the rising coronavirus cases around the world? I understand that. But then I also understand that this would be a victory for the for the human race. And I think he is right. Both are right. But I think they should go ahead. Um, all right, yeah. Well. And now I think on that note, we can go into the quiz, which probably, if you just skip to this point, great. If you listen to the other point, great as well. Um, so I'm going to list out some questions. Um, there's 15 questions in total of a varied sport, and then I'll do give the answer at the end. Please don't cheat. Please don't look on, search these on Google. There is no prize, by the way. We're not, we haven't got that budget yet. <laughs> yeah, so, so just send your answers I'll give the answers at the end. Send me your what score you got on on our on our great podcast, great character podcast on on Instagram or on Twitter or email, just or even our personal accounts if you want to send anything. They're in the link in the description, or if you're listening on Spotify, I think they're uh, they're in our information, um, so or in our biography. So just send us your your results. It'd be great to see. You can send it to me personally if you want on my Instagram or the other boys' Instagram if you're friends with them. Um, so yeah, let's get cracking on this. Uh, we found our most of them, we created the question, but found a lot of them we didn't know on Google. So please don't cheat, like I said before. Uh, but I can't stop you guys. Um, so the question number one 
is who was the last person other than Usain Bolt to win the 100 meters at an Olympics? So who was the last person other than Usain Bolt to win the 100 meters at an Olympic Games? Um, question number two, this is a football question. Name the all British, not English, British teams to have won the European Cup or Champions League. So when even before it's Champions League, the European Cup. And a bonus point for each team, if you can name how many Champions League or European Cups they've won in total. Question three is, who is the only player to have scored in a League Cup final, FA Cup final, UEFA Cup final and Champions League final? Now you've got to thank that question to Matt. Matt made up that question. Pretty good one there. Um, question four. Which country won the women's hockey event at the London Olympics in 2012? If any of the Mahals are watching this, if you get this wrong, I'm going to be very disappointed because we put this in our Zoom quiz a few months back. So if any Mahals are watching this, don't get this wrong. Question number five for all my swimming friends out there. Who holds the current world record for the 100 meter freestyle in swimming? And you can get a bonus point if you name the amount of time. Doesn't have to be exact, just the, the time that he got. Not exactly to the millisecond, but close to it. Um, question six from our beloved Nathan. Who won the MLS Cup in 2020 and which team did they beat? Now, Nathan, you've been to a game in the MLS, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was, I quite, I quite enjoyed it. Because there's a lot of people that don't like MLS fans because of the, you know, the whole video. If you go on YouTube, you can compare English fans to American fans, and they are very cringy American fans. You're one chop over there. One of the chops was, uh, were they like well, that? Yeah, no, they're saying we're going to kill them all, <laughs> oh which I thought God. was a bit extreme. <laughs> very extreme. Um, question seven for everybody that loves F1, including me. We don't speak about F1 much on this podcast. We do need to speak about it more, but that's because it's off season. Not much is going on, so there's not much to speak about. But what country hosts the F1 Grand Prix that is held at the Red Bull Ring? Question number eight. Who is the current world number one? in both men's and women's tennis rankings. So that's a two marker, so one point for each. Question number nine. Who has recorded the most runs in Cricket World Cup history? Now, we spoke a lot about cricket last week. You know cr <laughs> cricket is something Matt loves, especially. So uh, dedicate the, the answer to Matt. <laughs> uh, question number 10. Out of the current Premier League clubs, which one was the first to be founded? Question number 11. How many times have the Olympic Games been cancelled? So that links to what we've spoke about. And that's not including 2021 about the rumours of it getting cancelled. So Or the 2020, how it was postponed last year. Not including that. How many times have the Olympic Games been cancelled? And a bonus point for, each, uh, for bonus points for the year and however many there were, were cancelled for the year each of them was cancelled. If there was more than one. Well, if there was any. <laughs> yeah, if there was any, could be a good question. Um, number 12, which two NFL teams have won the most Super Bowls and bonus points for how many times? So thank Matt for that one, our NFL correspondent. Who's actually, if you're watching on YouTube, not listening on Spotify, he's at the bottom of the screen today. So a bit of a jig around. Um, 
question number 13. Who is the most capped England rugby union player? So the most capped England rugby union player. Question 14. How many times have Europe won the Ryder Cup? So this is after they became Europe in 1979. So not when they were Britain with Northern Ireland. Is that right? So, Britain, Britain with Ireland. Ireland or UK with Ireland. This is as Europe. So from 1979 onwards, how many times have Europe won the Ryder Cup? And the final question, which stadium has hosted the most, hosted the most European Cup and Champions League finals? And can you name how many times it's hosted it for a bonus point? So that's, again, European Cup and Champions League. So both of them together. So we'll give the answers at the end. I felt like one of those, you know, bingo masters just then. You know, you're, you're at a town hall and question one, question two. But, I mean, I've been getting used to these quizzes with lockdowns. Yeah, I used to do a couple of yeah. I, I did them a lot in the first lockdown, but I haven't done many recently. I think the last one we did was Christmas, New Year's times with the family over Christmas. But since then, this lockdown, I haven't really... I think the really last Zoom call we did was the, uh, you know, on our first day at uni with uh, Ian and that. That's the first, last one I did. What? Oh, Matt, you obviously. won that, didn't you? you got I won it. that. I did, yes. I, uh, every single uh, thing we've done in our, in our Matt, course. So Matt is the intellectual one. Put it that way. As you, I am not. <laughs> Matt is the most intellectual. Oh, he's that, the, he's the course me. rep. He's the, the smart he's one. He's the teacher's pet, basically. He's the teacher's <laughs> pet, yeah. He's, he's the brown nose. I am I'm a brown noser. Uh, we've been talking (laughs) yeah the brown nose that's a great way to to end that segment me and my cousin recently have had been having discussions about the amount of clubs that have had coronavirus cases in the past moment and Sam is an Everton fan so has witnessed two clubs cancel on his beloved team because of coronavirus one of them being Man City and the focus point of today Aston Villa so Aston Villa a couple of weeks ago, before the game with Liverpool that had to play play with kids, came out on the Monday of that week. So the game against Liverpool was on the Friday. On the Monday of that week, they reported quite a few coronavirus cases, but not enough to close the training ground. And then on the Thursday, when they did their second round of testing, they more came positive. So the people that had already started isolating more became positive and had to isolate uh, after the, the Thursday. So couldn't play the Friday and couldn't play definitely play against Tottenham on the Wednesday of the next week. So just before our episode two was filmed and we briefly mentioned in that episode that Everton Aston Villa was cancelled or postponed even. So now Sam sent me a voice note on his opinion and we will play it now. Right. I'll tell you why I think Villa have had preferential treatments, especially from the FA. So we were put due to play Man City on the 28th of January. I mean, yeah, the 28th of December. Man City couldn't play because of COVID. However, they still fit to the team five or six days later, whatever it is, on the Sunday against Chelsea, minus the players who had COVID. Then, obviously, the day after the City game, Villa's players all had the COVID test, as, it, as did the staff. And a few tested positive, as such, they had to shut the training ground like Man City did because of positive cases within the staff and the players. Therefore, the players who had the virus should have isolated as normal, and the ones who didn't have the virus should have isolated 
um, at the time. However, they should then they following Premier League protocols like all the players have been. They can then get tested again to see if they've got the virus, or they didn't have to play against Liverpool. However, it also happened in Derby's team, so i.e. Derby fielded a weakened team against Chorley in the FA Cup. Now the difference between Derby and Villa is Derby were able to play with a full strength team, well, pretty much a full strength team, against Rotherham in the Championship on Saturday, the day before Villa Everton was meant to take place. Whereas Villa were unable to field the team again for some reason. My, my eyes, they should have been able to field the team. It's preferential treatments because when they've had games close by, yes, Fulham had two suspended. However, the games were like Thursday and Saturday, hence they had to be postponed. And Fulham got let known on the Monday when Villa's game against Spurs got called off that they had to play in two days' time. Whereas Villa could have easily had the team or could have easily had an under-23 team. So not being funny, they would have had enough players for it to play us two weeks after the COVID tests, pretty much. 13 days later, uh, in my eyes, it is preferential treatment because, you know, what's going to happen if when the game gets rescheduled, we've got COVID cases or Villa have got even more COVID cases. You can't keep going on like this. Yes, one game could get postponed. But a game a week later to be postponed is not on. And I honestly don't think Villa should have been allowed to postpone the game on Sunday. They should have been made to put out a weakened team. Or a team with the players they've got fit or and youth team players. Because at the end of the day, it's just going to cause a fixture pile-up. It's not going to help if we progress in... The FA Cup, because when are we going to fit the fixtures in? Again, I've mentioned, what happens if we get COVID cases? You know, are we, yeah, we're we going to be, be expected to put out team, teams at some point, especially with a fixture pile-up. So I do think it's preferential treatment only because they've they've not played football for two weeks, whereas other teams, like your Fulham, like Man City, have played a week later when they've had COVID cases like Derby. So I just think it's preferential treatment mainly because of that. Because, all right, a fair enough to Spurs one, because that's still within the 10 days of the potential isolation period. However, as certain media outlets have said, Villa's training ground could open and did open on the Thursday, Friday last week. All right, it's not good enough in terms of having much training uh, before the game, but still tactics as... You know, Radio 5 Live and TalkSport both said, tactics you can do via Zoom. You don't need to be present to do tactics. You only need to be present to do, obviously, on-the-field training. In terms of, obviously, the training ground being shut, Villa players aren't skint and they're going to have gyms in the house. Most most of them are going to have gyms in the houses. Therefore, they can go to, you know, the home gym to keep maintaining fitness. Yes, it's not training, training. But they're still able to maintain fitness, and therefore the ones who had negative tests should have been able to go back into the training. Man City opened the training ground after the training ground shut on the day of the Everton game. They opened it like four days later, three days later. So why wasn't Villa able to do? Why weren't Villa able to do that? And that's why I think it's preferential treatment. And honestly, if it was to happen in you know the coming weeks, is it going to be uh, our team's going to get away with it? You know, are we going to be able to? Say we get COVID cases, have Everton, Liverpool, Man U, are they going to be able to postpone two weeks of fixtures? 
I personally don't think they do. Newcastle had to go to Crystal Palace a few weeks back because they were the team first with a like outbreak. Newcastle had to go to play pick Crystal Palace on a Friday night with a reduced squad because of COVID cases, and then the following week that's when their game got postponed. However, they played the week after that. Where I just honestly I think it's all a farce, and Villa should have been forced to play the game. There were already three games behind or four games behind. But. I believe, so he believes, after listening to that, he believes Aston Villa have had preferential treatment in the amount of time they've had to can the, the amount of games they've had cancelled or postponed compared to other teams, the amount of time they've had a break and not had to put teams forward. So the whole thing is that City only closed their training ground for four days um, had to play against Chelsea and they had the threat that they had to cancel their tie or, or forfeit their tie from United in the Carabao Cup because of not enough players. Aston Villa had that situation with the Liverpool one, a bit different. Kids had to play. I mean, it was a day after, so there was no way anybody else could play. But then, and the Tottenham one was understandable, but I do agree with Sam in the fact that I think the one cancelling Everton's a bit harsh on Everton and other clubs that went through the same thing as Villa, because Villa from their first recorded cases on Monday. So this is two weeks. So Sunday, when they were meant to play this week, is just 13 days after the first cases. And it's around 10 days, the isolation period, after the second amount of cases on the Thursday came through. Now, there was rumoured to be around 14 from the Thursday, but the players from the Monday had enough time to recover and then play against Everton for sure. Um, even if they had to use enough under 23s, there's been threats to other teams. Other teams had to go through it. And I do believe definitely should, should have postponed the first couple, but I think there is an argument that Sam is right here. There is an argument of why were they allowed to then extend it and postpone another game, which is 10 days after the isolation period. Their under 23s played on the Friday before that. So they would have been in the same bubble and had to isolate. The training ground opened on the Friday. So players were back. So why couldn't they play the Sunday? What 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 is your your guys' opinions on that matter? Do you think they got preferential treatment? Do you think it should have been dealt differently? Should they have played Everton? What do you think? It's about it's match fitness, isn't it? It's about being allowed to get up to the same level, being allowed, being afforded that time to get up to the same level as your opponent, because obviously when you've been isolated for 10 days, you've lost that kind of match. Especially if we did have the virus as well. Sam, Sam did say that he believes that most of Villa's main players, that if they didn't have the virus and were just isolating because they had to, the first team squad had to, then or even if they did have the virus and it wasn't that bad, they do, a lot of them would have gyms and there would be a way of them getting fit and there definitely wouldn't be is, nothing during that period. It is different to match sharpness, like you could like run 5k or 10k a day, but it'd be, it's, it's different to match. Like kicking a ball is different to running. Like, you know, like after pre season, like the quality still isn't there. They'll have gardens. And it's not just the fitness. <laughs> they can play football in the garden. Or against a toddler or something. I understand it's a bit different. Uh, but the training ground opened on Friday and they can do, like he said, tactics over Zoom. The training yeah, ground opened. Yeah. A few of them could have come back and they could have trained. And yes, there might have been a slight... Dis- there would have been a disadvantage. But 
we've got to get these games in. And I mean, this is the second time from the other it. angle, which is a Villa fan. You say, "Oh well, why would um, oh, you, you kind of say yes to the disadvantage?" But then a Villa fan goes, "Well, that that matters. That disadvantage it, it, it matters. It makes a difference. They don't want to be going into a but it, a but it didn't happen with the other. They're doing quite well and." But then City against Chelsea, yes, the squads are slightly different. City have a massive squad, but at the same time, they were missing key, key players against Chelsea. They didn't have strikers or anything. Well, they had Guerra on the bench, but they had missed five or six arguable starters in their team that played Chelsea and they had to play. You they, don't know if they... The rule is that you have to have 14 squad members to play. So then we've got to focus on the rule as well. You have to have... 11 starters and three subs, and you should be able to play. If you have that enough team, you shouldn't be postponing a game. But the rumour is that Aston Villa asked for the filed for the Everton game to be postponed because of significant cases, but there's surely, after that amount of time, they would have had enough players to play. I feel like, four, like, I feel like that rule would never actually come into play, so 14, I feel like that would... They may like, even though it against other teams, other teams, play against other teams. Follow Wait. Wait, Fulham had to only name 14 players in the squad. Huh? I'm talking about the 14 players in the squad thing. I, I'm, like that I'm pretty be. sure when Man City... Oh, well, I guess if the cases are out, come out, that they, when the cases come out or training grounds are closed, so Newcastle, after the Palace game, more cases came out and it was closed. They wouldn't have had 14 players that could actually play then until they proved they were negative in the isolation period. So they couldn't play. So Aston Villa would have had that moment, but this is the, the second Premier League game uh, after a while where people... When did they... They closed their training ground on Thursday, yeah? So they must have had... They had came... 10 days. Yeah, wait, so Thursday... Was or more. Thursday. 10, 10 exactly from then to when it was moved. It was moved to Sunday Monday before it was postponed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, well... And, okay. and the fact that they played their under-23s who would have had to isolate as well and prove they were negative... Because the under-23s play with the um, under-23s play on train with the first team. Did they? Did Liverpool? Did they? They're completely separate at Liverpool. What under-23? The academy. And Most the of them were the ones that train with the first team have to have but, to. Um, they're not complete. It wasn't under-23s against Liverpool. Let's be real. Half of them were under-19s or under. Uh, under- you know I mean, I mean, like at Liverpool training ground, the. Academy and the first team, they're, they're all together, they're all in the same building, but they're physically separate. No, well, that's arguable because players like Leighton Stewart, Jake Kane, all the, the top under-23s, I bet you at the starting 11 from Liverpool's under-23s game against Everton, uh, it might have not been at under-23s yesterday, but I think it was against Everton. I don't know the final score. I knew it was 1-1 at one point. Bet you, I think about six, seven, maybe eight of those players are in the first team squad at least. Fair point, yeah. So okay. I think it will be same with a lot of other clubs. It will be same. Well, the whole point with the Villa when they played Liverpool that even their under twenty threes had to isolate because they trained with with the first team, so they had to isolate as well. So how can they played on the Friday night and the first did, couldn't on the on the Sunday? That is that is the I think that's the key point. They, do you know who actually played in the under twenty game though? Because uh, what if like. Because they probably have quite a lot of under twenty threes. Were the people who were trained in the who had to isolate actually played in that game? Do you know that? I, I don't actually know. I, I probably should have searched that. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, I maybe you're right there, but I still think, in my opinion, 
I'm going to get Lewis Sweeney, if you're watching this, probably going to be annoyed at what I'm saying. But I don't think preferential treatment, like you said, is hard words because how can the Premier League be preferential? They'll have to play more games anyway. But then they are still stopping the rhythm of Everton and they are given technically, it's only preferential is a tough word because they're being given longer time or a longer period of time than other teams were. They are getting getting better treatment than the other clubs got. Like Fulham were just chucked into a game, like you said, you didn't believe that was very stupid. They were chucked into a game two games, two days before, and they weren't prepared after their coronavirus scare. Yeah, Aston Villa, after all that time, couldn't play Everton. That yeah, is- but that could happen. that could happen to Villa now soon, and they can't come if they complain about that. Then- they can't complain about that. Yeah, they can't they've had a, they've had enough off now. I think they think are. Playing- yeah, they are. They're playing tomorrow against Man City. Yeah. The thing so about Everton is they realistically. About having a week off, especially after Christmas, like their Christmas schedule, like having a week off, a week break, is it really that bad for their squad? I think it'd be interesting because I don't think we know all of the players that either had it or the staff that no. had it, what ratio it was. We know that the results came back. I think the damning thing, another damning thing, is the results came back that uh, the Premier League cases halved the last week. So it was only 16 people from 36 or something, so over half. So that proves Villa would have definitely got a lot more negative and there wouldn't be many positive players. Left. All the Villa players tested in that, do you know, in the thirty? Yeah, that you're, playing, you're, yeah. you're tested during isolation. Okay. Like Salah was tested quite a few times during his isolation when he was positive. Uh, players are, uh, especially if you're isolating, you don't have the virus, they need to test you if you can come back. Um, I think they really just don't want to risk it, do they? Because I was talking to Matt Warfer. Well, by coincidence, an Everton player does get coronavirus a week after the Aston Villa game. Uh, it just won't look good for the Prem, and there'll be even more uh, shouts for it to get cancelled. And it just a, it wouldn't. The problem is, good exactly you're absolutely right. They're keen to be as socially responsible as they can yeah. in a time of rising cases, and when there's a debate over whether the whole thing can continue. And also, now we're in lockdown as well. It won't look good. Exactly. How come these footballers can play and we're just stuck in our house? But then. But then you say that, and you are right with the fact it wouldn't look good if it happened. But if they've had the amount of testing, and if they've isolated at least five or six days when symptoms would have shown up, or at least the virus would show up on a test after five or six days after being in contact with somebody, and you show you're negative, how can you then not play? And then if you think about the amount of time it was after that, if you think about the amount of time they had, that's what I'm talking about. The amount of time they would have been able to prove they were negative. And we do, you've got the social responsibilities. That is, that is a priority. But then if you want to get these games done and you can prove they're negative after being in contact with people and enough time after, don't think you can be criticised if somebody got a case of Corona. But how many days did they have to prepare Days to prepare before the Everton game was it three? Three, yeah. Yeah, and one of them would have been like a light training session because it was before the game. But then you got players like so when players come back, like they were trying to rush Matic back, or they're trying to rush players back like Martial and stuff. So they can go yeah, back within two sessions. So how can a whole team not? If one player yeah, that was their, a team that's their whole, like what if, if one player is lacking match sharpness, it's not as bad as a whole team lacking match sharpness, is it? And yeah, uh, I, I know all of them would be because yes, they did. Cl- 
surely they didn't need to close the training ground for that long if people were proving negative because there were only 14 or there might have been 16 cases that is and that's staff and players meaning a lot of them were still fine they were just isolating and you have to isolate but if they were then proved negative surely they could have yeah. they could have trained yeah, yeah but and then if you're talking about match sharpness how come the under 23s had match sharpness to go and play but we don't know who was playing in this under 23s do we i'm gonna check all right <laughs> i'm gonna check um talk about you guys talk about what what else you think about with other teams if other teams got it in the future what rules and regulations should we i just want to know place for this I want to know if Man, City, if Man City and Fulham and Newcastle asked for extra time off and the Premier League said no and then Villa did it and they got extra time off, then fair enough. Uh, it is preference to Villa. but Villa no. Villa beat West Brom on... What's it? On, beat West Brom Friday. on Friday and Hen- Henry Lansbury scored. So that automatically tells me they had some senior players, OK? All right, yeah, so out of those... Half of them weren't players that played against Liverpool. Um, Henry Lansbury started on the bench. To be honest, I don't really recognise their names, so I can't actually tell you. I know I can recognise a few. There's at least Louis Barry played. Um, um, Silla played, who played against Liverpool. So there were a few, but there were also under twenty threes that played that didn't play against Liverpool. There, I can tell. Lansbury's probably banned from the Villa training ground anyway, so. I don't want people to hate on me thinking I'm not taking coronavirus seriously or even my cousin because I think we are and we need we need there's got to be a period but there has to be in future I think more rules and regulations on when postponements can come because I think all teams need the same amount of time there needs to be a line like definitely There needs to be something in place so it makes it clear. So we don't need this debate. Maybe the Premier League should come out and say if if you've closed your training ground, uh, two no weeks, for two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Say that. Everybody. And then everyone has it. Yeah, everyone has it. Wait, everyone in the Prem or just no, no, everyone no, in that ev- team? No, everybody in that team can't play for yeah, two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Bang on. Yeah. They like no Aston Villa can't play two weeks. All games postponed. Then you can come back. The, that the Prem can, haven't really been very clear during all of this so no, just a bit of clarity it'll be all right you were surprised about that 14 rule really when i told you or even maybe not surprised but you didn't think it even been used that much so the fact that the rule they put yeah. in place there's articles in september they said that is how they were going to run it but they've ran everything differently in the fact that when Leighton orion play yeah couldn't field against tottenham that got cancelled and tottenham just got by and now they're in the final imagine if they lost like it's just like it's it, each competition is being di- treated differently. Maybe the FA Cup, there might come up. We need to get the games done in the Premier League. And a way that could be done is cancelling the FA Cup this season, I think. Don't oh. personally want the FA Cup to be cancelled. But if we've got all these games that are getting postponed and Villa are already three behind and other teams, like Sam said, will get the virus, like, and they might get more postponements, we need the time to be able to finish it before three weeks before the Euros, at least. And that the only way you can get that time really is by cancelling a competition that's taking up everyone's time. That's it. We said we said last week that the just the Prem clubs need to take control of their players and tell them that it's a luxury they have, and they just need to sort it all out, and then hopefully it'll be okay. 
I'm conscious of time because yeah. last time we went an hour and 20 yeah. something through. So hopefully this one isn't as long. I think it's just been under an hour. So we, we're going to finish off before we give you all the answers. Nathan, it's your special section. So it's about Chelsea, right. mainly about Frank Lampard and also about other Premier League sacking opportunities. He's got to go, blood. He's got to go, blood. There's only been one casualty so far, and that is Slavin Bilic. Um, I originally thought Scott Parker was going to be the first to go. Being proven wrong. I'm being proved wrong because he's doing a good job with Fulham. I think they're starting to show some form. I mean, if there wasn't a red card against Chelsea, who knew where that one was going to go? Because at the time there was a red card, Robinson was playing very well. Um, but no, Lampard is under a lot of pressure. Yeah, I do think. So what do you think? If, it, if he loses tonight against someone who is a top four competitor in Leicester, I do think it could be... It could be the end. He could, I don't want him to go. I think he needs to... Because he's signed a lot of players. He does need to... He does need time, but... He also has been done over by a bit of like play, like players' mistakes. Like Mendy's had a couple, mm. um, Thiago Silva had a couple, but like, but is it still? Enough? Do you truly believe? It's the question I asked to my friend Connor the other day, who's a big United fan. I asked, Oli Gunnar Solskjaer is at United. He's doing a decent job, to be fair to the fella. If you get, put him to another big team, would he do as well of a job? If you put, could you see Frank Lampard? Is he a good enough manager to go to any other big club than Chelsea? Because he's only in that job because he's a club legend. Be honest. Yeah, but I was just so thinking, like, is he good enough he to go know. to other clubs and do it? Probably not. No, but uh... <laughs> why should he be Chelsea manager if he's just, good enough? I know he's a club legend, and I think it's great that he's got the job in a way. But I think he took it too early. Um, and I don't think he should be sacked. That'd be very harsh. I think where Chelsea are right now, he, he could be the future. And as he gets better as a manager, Chelsea will probably get better. But um, so the, you need to give him time. But he's not good enough now, is he? No, I don't agree with you with uh, he should she should have taken it later on. Like, I don't know if he would have got the opportunity later on. I think it was just the perfect time for him to come in with the transfer plan. He had one, one season at Derby. <laughs> Where he, he lost in the playoff final, what had he proven to become Chelsea manager? What had he actually uh, proven as a manager? Like I wouldn't want Steven Gerrard being manager for Liverpool now. In five years' time, might have a different view. I would want I want him to be a Liverpool manager eventually, but I think it's too early for Gerrard to come to Liverpool now. Like I believe Frank Lampard's second season of management going to yes Chelsea, his club, where he's a massive legend, but he went there on his second year of experience to an owner that is known for just getting rid of people. I think that's... that's he should I, don't know have if he have, I don't know if he would have got the job otherwise. Like, like what if Derby didn't have a good... Because a lot of the players he had lost uh, when he was at Derby were on loan. Or if he yeah. didn't have those players, he would have just done worse. And then he would have missed out on the opportunity of becoming Chelsea manager, which he probably would have rued. So I do think he probably took it at the right time. But if we do, do you think get it was rid the right of him, time for the club? Or right yeah. time for his development? Do you think it's the right time for his de- managerial development? Club, his second the club it was the right. I think for the club it was an alright decision. Like the fans weren't very happy. He turned the fans on. Uh, no, Sarri turned the fans on the club, so he got the fans back with the club. And I think it was he brought in youth as well. If Mount, if he if he wasn't there, Mount wouldn't have played. Tammy Abraham probably wouldn't have played. So yeah, I think I he hasn't done a bad job. But, but then, but then tomorrow, that that transfer ban, 
Is it? That's, yeah, that's true. Without Was him, or without the transfer ban. Uh, I don't. I don't it's know. Good, if it point, was, like, good point. Good point. I don't know. Maybe it was a bit of both. Probably. Like if if he wasn't there, if Sarri still played, he would not have played Mount. He would have stuck with Kovacic, Kante, and Jorginho. Uh, I don't Conte. think Sarri was the right bloke, but then at the same time, he just won you a Europa League. Then, I, don't, I, don't I don't mind Sarri. I don't mind Sarri. I just think around the club, it wasn't very good. Like I think Frank Lampard. The problem is he had his first season. And he did really well. I mean, he got into the Champions League and that was a great first year and he will be a good manager. I'm not his biggest fan, but like, I think he's got potential. But if he stayed at Derby another couple of years, maybe even got them promoted and the Chelsea opportunity would have come again. You said it would never, he might not have got the manager chance again, but it would have come again. The amount of times you sack managers, he would have got the opportunity again. It's what you were saying, it's what you were saying about um, opening the opportunity presented itself only at Chelsea because of his name. It wouldn't yeah. have been appointed by Liverpool, by Man United, because he's not good enough. He's now got the opportunity to make himself good enough, hasn't he, for those mm-hmm. clubs? Yeah. Um, and it, the fact that the door's been opened for him, and I think the real debate is, is, is he taking that opportunity? I don't think he is. I think he's got the job at Chelsea because he's a Chelsea legend. He's got the job on the technicality <laughs> of a football of a manager that recommended you. Give it gigs at the end of the season. Yeah, but if, you, could, oh, you said though there, Matt, that you live for Man United wouldn't do it. Well, Man United have done it. To be fair, yeah. they Man United somebody got relegated. What I meant was. Frank Lampard wouldn't have gone to Man United. Man United did exactly the same thing. Liverpool, yeah. I think, would Liverpool have done the same to Steven Gerrard if we were in that position? No. I think we might have done. Do you think? I no, think no, 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 no. Obviously, we're in the same position because we've got Jurgen Klopp. And, but if we were, if we just sacked, say, Brendan Rodgers, if this was five years ago, and Gerrard was available, and Gerrard was, I'm, I'm just kind of putting Liverpool back to that time whilst having everybody else as they Harry, are. And Gerard was at Rangers, Gerard would have come to Liverpool. I think Sorry, imagine like, Chelsea are in Liverpool's uh, Liverpool and Chelsea's position after Sarri, Sarri's season mm. and you got sacked and Gerard was available. Would I you, wouldn't you... I personally wouldn't want him. But I think I Liverpool also don't think I don't think Gerard would want to come because it's a chance of ruining your legacy. And I don't think yeah. Gerard would have taken it personally. Because I think Gerard wants that experience at Rangers. And look how well he's doing. His first season wasn't fantastic. His second season was all right. But look at him now. Third year of experience at a smaller club. Well, not smaller. Rangers are massive. That's not why I meant. But then if Lampard had that a couple of years at another club, you could have got him after the third year. Because you probably would have appointed someone and sacked him after a year. Because normally your merry-go-round really works for Chelsea. And that's why you've won so many things. But at the same time... I just think, imagine Frank Lampard gets sacked now. Like, doesn't hasn't done him any favours in management and it hasn't done any favours for him, his legacy at Chelsea Football Club. As a player, it will never be untouched. That's not what I meant. I mean, as a manager. Fans don't hear him. No one, like, if he gets sacked tomorrow, we still like him. So I don't think that's a problem, his legacy. Like, that always be saying. I think he's still alone, yeah. Yeah, yeah, maybe I said that wrong. He obviously will be still loved, but I meant as in... 
if you look at what he's done at Chelsea, like it wouldn't taint it. That's not what I meant because nothing could touch how well he did as a player at Chelsea for Chelsea. He was unbelievable on a par with Gerard, maybe just below. Um, <laughs> but um, no, that'd be a bit for another time. But um, I, I'm saying as in, if Gerard came to Liverpool and then we were performing like you are, I wouldn't be annoyed at Gerard, but I'd be. Uh, I don't know. It made me feel so much worse when I look back on his career. It's like, whoa! I don't know. Like, look, he's in the he's in the background, even though it's the wrong way around for the camera. But, um, no, but I just think Lampard shouldn't get sacked. Needs more time. You've been on a poor run recently. I think he needs another season at least, uh, especially to bed these players in. The problem is now. Last season, he had the excuse you were playing better with your youth players, and and he's now bought all these players. And they're not really doing I think it. Kind of an excuse. I think that is also a kind of like, oh, we just bought all these players, give them time to settle them all in, and then see how he does third season, and then we'll probably go sign Haaland and Donnarumma, which he probably he won't, won't sign Haaland. Yeah, Don't think he'll sign Haaland. He said he, no that's only spent stem from he wish he played with Frank Lampard. That doesn't want to mean he want to get. Real Madrid is where he's going to go. But, I, I want him at Liverpool. I had this conversation with Matt the other day. You don't agree. I'd love him at Liverpool. Put it this way. If he was in Firmino's position of those chances the other night, they're goals. Haaland's going to be the second greatest player in 10 years. Uh, like uh, Not ever, sorry. Uh, in the next 10 years, he'll be second behind Mbappe, I'm saying. He is but, up there. He is definitely up there. I think Liverpool, that calibre of player, whether he fits our style, we need that calibre. Um, but yeah, and other sacking possibilities. Who else do you think? I just, in that thing? I just want to say one thing about the Frank Lampard thing. If we do get rid of him, I have no clue who we'd bring in. Maybe Pardew. <laughs> Alan Pardew. Uh, Thomas Tuchel's a good shout. You've got Massimilio Allegri. you got Marie uh, thought... Sarri could come back. To be fair, what am I don't I I actually him, Sorry. Sorry, no yeah. one would want him back. Kepper, yeah. Kepper should become manager. I think. Can't do any work, to be fair. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, that is true. But what other clubs do you think are, could sack their manager soon? Newcastle United. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, it's Mike Ashley, though. Does he care? To be fair, he spent a lot of money last year. He doesn't give two, two hoots, really, does he? No, oh, no, definitely not. No. Uh, but... New owners. Steve Bruce is cheap as hell, so he'll probably just keep him. Did you um, see Steve Bruce say the other day after the Sheffield United result, he was like saying he was fuming, like that performance was shite and that now he's given them a chance, but he wants to do it his way. So saying the year and last year and a half hasn't been his style of football. But that's so untrue. And also when he, he experimented against Sheffield United and it backfired. Is, uh, is, is Nuno... Espirito Santo in trouble? Has he taken? No. I've seen actually. I've seen a lot of people actually starting to hate on Nuno a bit. I yeah. think he's brilliant, but I think he's good. I mean, what he's done for the club, there's no reason he should. He's a bit like Chris. Like just that, just because what he's done. Yeah, he is. He is struggling for sure. But maybe maybe too much time. Like the players have just stopped listening to him. Maybe they do need a change or something. I mean, you've got yeah, to remember but... they're miss they're missing Raúl Jiménez. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fabio Silva's not really cutting it that much. Even though he scored the other day, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think he'll, with time he might 
turned himself into a bit of a, a more decent Premier League. Yeah. Sam Allardyce, do you think he could go? Already? No, nah, you've got to give him some time and he's just beaten Wolves away. They're still going down. Sorry, Johnson. They're still yeah, going. I think they're still going down. I don't think Simo watches this podcast, to be honest. But you never know. We love you, Simo. Um, please speak to Martin Tyler again for me. Uh, then, I, like I said earlier, I'm a bit conscious of time. So the long-awaited results time. I'm guessing oh, yeah. some people might have skipped again. So welcome back if you have skipped. Um, so now I'm going to read out the results. Um, also, sorry to cut you guys short on the Saki and Frank Lampard thing, but obviously the last one was quite long. I don't, yeah. don't know if we should go this that long on this one. But So the results are, for question one, it was Justin Gatlin, the druggie. Uh, he was the last one to win a 100 metres in 2004 at Athens. But yeah, I'm not keen on the fella, personally. Maybe he's not listening either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not listening either. Number two is so remember the bonus points for how many, but the teams are Celtic, the Lisbon Lions, Villa, Chelsea, Forest, Manchester United, and Liverpool. Celtic have won one, Villa have won one, Chelsea have won one, Forest have won two, United have won three, Liverpool have won six. Woo. Proves you the best in the in England are just saying. Um, number three, Steven Gerrard has scored in all of those finals. This is very yeah. Liverpool biased, isn't it? It's not Liverpool biased. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, you shouldn't be upset. Chelsea were in that that last question, so it's not yeah, like not you're okay. an Arsenal or Tottenham fan who've never won one before. Um, God, I hate that. Which country, that one, so the, sorry, I was reading out the question again. <laughs> so the answer for the hockey team that won the Olympics in 2012 women's was Netherlands. And for all my swimmers out there, Cesar Cielo is the world record holder for the 50 meter freestyle. I believe it's under 21 seconds, 20.91. I could be wrong there, but I'm, I mean, I think it's under 21. It's around 20.91. Anybody correct me on that. I haven't actually got it in front of me. That's just a memory thing. Um, number six, the MLS Cup winners were Columbus Crew and they beat the Seattle Sounders. Was it the Seattle Sounders you went to, that stadium? Yeah, yeah it was a stadium. So that, that does really, that suits you. Uh, yeah. The Red Bull Ring is in Austria and it's famous because whenever they go there, Red Bull, and there's a big, crowd of orange for all the Max Verstappen fans are always there so that's that's what that, I remember that one for. That one in uh, Belgium isn't it Belgium yeah. is a big orange thing as well yeah um, Question 8 so the the number ones for men's and women's in tennis Novak Djokovic for the men's and Ashley Barty for the women's is that how you say it that was that was Matt's answer so hopefully I didn't butcher that Number nine, the, the most scored runs by in the Cricket World Cup history by who has done it, and that is Sachin Tendulkar. Um, question 10, this is for you, Lewis Sweeney. Aston Villa, we could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's Aston Villa, uh, at the team that was the first to be founded out of the current Premier League teams. Question 11, the Olympics were cancelled in 1916, 1940, and 1944, so three times. Um, question 12, another NFL one for you, Matt, the one you, one you made. 
So the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Patriots are the, the two teams that have won it most, and that is with six apiece. Um, thank Tom Brady for that one, Patriots. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't have done that. Um, number 13, most capped ever England player in rugby union, Jason Leonard. Do you want to know something? I'd never heard of this bloke when Nathan told me that. Never, ever heard of him. You're not going to watch this podcast, but I'd, I'd never heard of him. I was very surprised. Um, number 14, Europe have won 11 Ryder Cups. So since 1979, when they were Europe, 11 Ryder Cups. And finally, Wembley was the one that's most has hosted the most finals with seven. So that is all of the questions. I think that's everything for today. I'm sorry if I was rude and I cut these guys off, but I just thought timing wise, we need it a bit shorter this week. Thank you again for all the love we received on the last podcast. Um, it's great to see that some of you guys are enjoying it and it's really good for us. And we're going to try and get as many as we are, uh, as we can out to you. We're going to be recording once a week and posting once a week from now on. This one will be a bit late. This is being recorded on Tuesday. We're meant to record yesterday, but unfortunately I didn't have a, my laptop for then. So um so, yeah, so we're recording today and hopefully it'll be out tomorrow on Wednesday. We'll find out in due course. And from then on, hopefully record Monday, release Tuesday, may record Tuesday, release Wednesday. It will be decided again, but that will be the schedule once a week. It's been a bit hectic since we've done it. So three in basically a week. Um, but I'm loving this, lads. I hope you are too. And <laughs> Nathan, you cut up there. Oh, yes, it is all right. <laughs> yeah, it is all right. Uh, it's me. Hopefully, I'm not too controlling and I'm not hosting it too much. Um, but yeah, thank you, everybody. And hopefully, we'll see you soon for the next podcast. Goodbye. See you. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers.